Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. want to say, first off, I hope you had a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa as well. Just a great holidays overall as we took last week off. And now we're in that weird in-between as well, where there's not really a lot of news that breaks at this time of the year, which is why last week... Christmas right around the corner, things got crazy, was doing the last minute Christmas shopping. I literally didn't finish my Christmas shopping until Christmas Eve. That's how late I waited this year. And there are still some things that I haven't gotten for family members that I haven't seen yet. So I'm not even done with Christmas 2022. And really at this point in Hollywood, you know, we're not getting breaking news left and right. There are things that are coming out, you know, but even as I talked about in my last episode with the DC stuff, we're not going to get a full list and review it. Rob has talked about it. We're not going to know what's happening with that slate until January because this is that time of the year where really everybody is taking some time off. I saw a great meme that said this week specifically, the New Year's week, is just a time where go ahead, become that couch potato because it's it's just that time of the year where you don't need to strive a little bit extra. I personally apply to that and that's how I get typically around Thanksgiving. That's why I call it the trifecta of holidays where you start to gain more weight as opposed to losing weight, things like that. And it's hard to keep up with things. So last week was just a crazy week. Nothing really broke. Figured let's punt until this week and now we're back. And again, really don't have much to talk about breaking news wise, stuff like that. We could talk to box office. We could talk about Avatar being number one again. Is it a flop? Is it not a flop? It's not a flop. That is a film that has legs. Many people are seeking out the IMAX and the 3D versions of the film. So, And with it being a three-hour-plus film, it's not playing on as many screens. It's just not making the gangbusters money that would if it was a two-hour film that was playing on practically every screen in the theater. But it's a three-hour-plus film, so it doesn't get as many viewings in a day. And it's a specific film that people are seeking out the 3D version and the IMAX version of. So... The numbers might not look great, but there hasn't been much offered up at the box office for real competition to that. And even looking at the January slate, the first big film is Megan. That's that's a very niche film that's going to get a very specific audience and maybe expand beyond that audience through the fun sell of what the trailer has been promising to just be a wild type of ride. I, I, you know, Megan can be one of those really clever, good films or is going to end up becoming a typical January dump of a film. And we know why the trailer looks so good, but those were all the best parts. So fingers crossed. That's a film. I'm, I'm excited for that film. That's a film that's on my hype list. And speaking of hype list, if you have not liked the Throw Me Podcast Network YouTube page yet, go ahead, give that a like and a follow because review it, Rob, myself, Zach Hilton, we have gotten together, and maybe Tombstone Josh, have gotten together to discuss our most anticipated films of 2023, so you can check that video out on our YouTube. That's coming uh, later this week, so it'll be out fairly soon, and then we will also have our countdown of our top movies of 2022, which really brings us to 
today's episode. Oh, and by the way, if we want to talk the box office as well, we can talk how two films bombed and is Margot Robbie a draw at the box office or is she not with the Babylon being the second film that she was the marquee for this year really coming well in under expectations. So that's a conversation. Actually, you know what? Let's have that conversation. Is Margot Robbie a safe bet? Is she someone that you can bank on at the movies? I I should have better numbers in front of me, but looking at this past year alone, she starred in two big budget films. She was the sell of those films and both Amsterdam and Babylon have now become two of the biggest flops of 2022. Yeah, sure. There's a chance that Babylon could find an audience and gain some traction and end up making money. But with its under $6 million, it underperformed from the expectations. The question is being raised today. Is she somebody that is bankable at the box office as a lead? And I think that as of right now, that's a fair question because when you look at the films, even with Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn movie, it made some money, but it came in under expectations of what people expected, which put a potential sequel in doubt. Now, that's even more in in doubt with everything going on. And again, we'll learn a full slate of what's happening at DC in January. But that film wasn't a, a big success, and they thought it would be with her as the lead. Then you have Amsterdam coming out earlier this year and bombing. Now Babylon coming out and bombing. And this isn't going to fall on Brad Pitt, of course. The question isn't going to be, is Brad Pitt a, a box office failure at this point? Can can we no longer bank on Brad Pitt's name? Because Brad Pitt is sold as a co-star for this film. It's, it's, it's Margot Robbie that was on all the posters. It's Margot Robbie that was the, the real big sell of this film. Brad Pitt was a co-star of this movie and Damien Chazelle, uh, this is his first real bomb. So truthfully, what's going to end up happening with that is, is he's not going to be able to get, uh, you know, the way that this is going to work out for Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt's coming off of a box office success this past summer with bullet train. He's also coming off of a best supporting actor not too long ago with once upon a time in Hollywood. Nobody's going to question Brad Pitt. Damien, is just not going to get a budget like he got for this film. He's not going to be able to get an $80 million budget until he proves that he can make that money. And I get why he got an $80 million budget. You know, Whiplash, La La Land, critically acclaimed, absolutely beloved, wonderful movies, two films I adore. But here he comes with his first, here's some money. Oh, you kind of failed. So he's that's his hit. His hit isn't going to be whether or not it's a it's a bomb. His hit is, well, Damien's not really going to get a big budgeted film until he proves again that he earned that shot to get it. So he does take a hit, but Margot Robbie is the one that takes the biggest hit because this is her second big starring film this year. And it's, you know, that's fine. You can have a failure in a year. That's great. But when you have two failures in the same year, that is going to draw eyes to you. So, yeah, this that is a question that needs to be had right now. That is a conversation that we are having and that should be had. And it makes the Barbie movie next year even more something to keep your eye on. Because if that fails, 
that will make three blockbuster films, big budgeted films that Margot Robbie was to sell for that completely bombed in a row. I'm not going to call Birds of Prey a bomb because it wasn't a bomb. It just underperformed expectations. But this year, two movies that really underperformed to the point where we can call them bombs. They're not going to, you know, maybe 10 years from now, they're, they're going to have an audience and they're going to finally be profitable. But as of now, they are not profitable films for the studios. And that is a hit. And that makes the Barbie movie, once again, something to really keep our eyes on next year. And speaking of the Barbie movie, make sure you tune in to our countdown, our big what are we most hyped for? Our 2023 hype list on the YouTube page later this week. All right, so let's get into it. What I really wanted to talk about today is some reviews. I've catching up on movies. Some movies have come out over the Christmas holiday, and I got to see two. Let's start with the first film I saw, which was Steven Spielberg's unofficial biopic, The Fablemans, which I adored this film. It's part memoir, part celebration of film and what film does and the power of film but for me this is one of Steven Spielberg's best movies we have seen in a decade maybe two decades and that is not to say that the things he's done has been bad over the last two decades that his movies have been horrible I'm looking at it, and what I'm seeing is I'm seeing The Fablemans has something Spielberg hasn't had in some of his previous films. West Side Story, I loved it. I gave it a great review. I recommend it. Go watch it. It is a really good remake of a classic, and it has some very beautiful Steven Spielberg moments, but it's just a Steven Spielberg film. When you look at The Post, it's a good movie. It's fun for a film about the Washington Post, but, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a gorgeous Steven Spielberg film. Ready Player One, it's a good Steven Spielberg film. It's fun. It's this and that. The BFG, mm, okay. You know, it, there's, lately his films, like Lincoln, it's, 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 I'm trying to find the right way to describe it, but there's something about the Spielberg magic that is back in The Fablemans that I feel has been missing from a lot of his movies of late. And again, that is not to say that these movies have been bad. These, a lot of these movies have been really good, and I really recommend going to see them, but it was the first time in a long time that I felt like, oh, this is the magical Steven Spielberg. This is the magic that he brings. This is a man that crafts some of the best stories from my childhood that I have watched, some movies that I look at over and over and over again, and I watch every single year, and I've seen so many times to the point where I, I can quote them, but... But I really feel that this is Steven Spielberg's best movie in a long time. This is feels like an old school Spielberg. It does. It really feels like a, a Steven Spielberg movie that, I, again, I really don't know how to describe it. But I recommend it 100%. It, it, it just, it is a love letter to his life, to films, and it is a marvelous coming of age story and you can tell how personal it was. And I think that is what makes it have that Spielberg, you know, there it is. That's what makes it have that Spielberg magic. It is personal. It is really his life story. And one of the best biopics you are going to see the, one of the most 
classic biopics. It might be slow in moments, but again, even the slow moments, Spielberg's able to keep you very entranced in the story and what is happening. I saw the film with people that did not grow up on Steven Spielberg movies the way I did, that didn't still haven't seen E.T. I, I saw this with people that still have not seen E.T., and that includes my fiance, who I saw this with, who has ridden the E.T. ride at Universal, but has not even seen the movie E.T. yet, so she doesn't even fully grasp how great that ride is, truthfully. But seeing it with people that don't know Spielberg and, and don't have a love for him and a connection for him the way that I do, somebody that rewatches Jaws every year, as, if you want to say, what, film ha- what films have you seen a hundred times, I guarantee you Steven Spielberg has either directed it has written it and directed it, or has executive produced it as well. Jurassic Park, Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, maybe not a hundred times with that one, but I have seen that one as well a few times. E.T. put that close to the, around the hundred. Jaws for sure over a hundred times. Jurassic Park for sure over a hundred times. Back to the Future, a film he produced for sure over a hundred times. I mean, the list goes on and on of what Spielberg, you know, listen, Schindler's List as well, very important in my life and impactful in my life as well. So, yeah, I recommend The Fablemans uh, and no spoiler on this. That's clearly going to end up in my top 10 films when we do when we drop that video for you all. Now, the other movie checked out as well is Glass Onion. Knives Out Mystery, or I will just call it Glass Onion for the sake of Ryan Johnson, who hates the fact that Knives Out has to be in the title. This is a film that brings back Benoit Blanc, who Netflix has invested a lot of money in with Ryan Johnson and Benoit Blanc and the Knives Out franchise that they hope to drive up viewership and subscriptions and all of that. And I think for a sequel to Knives Out, a film that was near perfect when it dropped this cracks the code of being one of the rare sequels that is able to follow up its previous film with a very very good movie another fun wildly entertaining murder mystery that is rounded out by an ensemble cast that recognizes what movie they are in and delivers just breathtaking performances. Edward Norton as Miles Braun, uh, a very Elon Musk-ish type of billionaire. Dave Batista as Duke is so funny. Gives me some vibes at moments of showing his comedic chops, that of Will Ferrell in Step Brothers and some scenes. Or not Step Brothers, I'm sorry, Wedding Crashers. Uh, Kate Hudson as Birdie is maybe by far the biggest standout of the ensemble cast. Catherine Hahn as Claire, Leslie Odom Jr. as Lionel, Janelle Monet. If there's anybody that stands out in this movie outside of Kate Hudson, it's Janelle Monet who's doing dances, in my opinion, at times around Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc. And Craig as well is is great. Jessica Henwick is really fun as Peg, the assistant to Birdie. Uh, Whiskey, Madeline Klein. It is really a fun movie that's bombarded with very enchanting moments, quick-witted dialogue. I I mentioned Janelle Monae. Her performance 
as Bronze's strange best friend work partner is I I want to just go deep dive into Janelle Monet and everything that that they've accomplished in their career so far in their young career because it is just wow just wow what a performance and that's what really thrives this movie that's and again the ensemble cast that is well aware of what film they are in as well like Edward Norton is giving me vibes with his character Miles Braun uh, of that of Dr. Strangelove with just the over antic zaniness of his character and and that is the thing about this movie as well is that it doesn't deliver the same film it it manages and that's what works about it it changes things up it's a little goofier this time around and that's okay it works with the eccentric characters that we are introduced to it it is definitely bigger even though it is more confined to one location uh, on this island but it is a fancier I don't want to call it more complex, but it is a more complex escapade. Uh, and and it just is a fun movie, another fun Ryan Johnson film. And I will say, though, that one of the things I will give this film a knock for is I felt it was easier to figure out the mystery unfolding this time around because I was able to figure things out pretty quickly and I didn't waver much from who I focused in on. So that's the one thing, but... Overall, I think that still works within the context of the movie to try and not give away much of the mystery. That reveal does still work based on everything we had learned up to that point. And the final film I got to see was I finally got a chance to see Pearl, the prequel to the film X, which I have shouted from mountaintops all year that X is one of the best films this year. Again, another spoiler to potentially my top 10 list this year. But X was one of my favorite movies this year. I was very excited to see Pearl. Unfortunately, I was unable to see Pearl in theaters, but finally got the chance to see it as I'm dwindling out those films of these are must-sees before I put together and finalize this list which all the must-sees are making it a thousand times harder to narrow down a top 10 of the year. I do have some that I'm like, these are absolutely in because of how much I love them and how perfect I think they are. And Pearl is a film that follows up X in another magnificent way. Uh, I love the world that Ty West has created in these two films with X and now the prequel Pearl. Uh, And I love Maya Gott's performance that... If you want to talk about Knives Out and and Glass Onion and and ensemble cast and performances driving those films, Maya Goth is the main reason why Pearl and, and X are so fabulous because her performance is just as gripping in this as it was when she pulled dual duty in X as the elderly version of Pearl and, of course, Maxine. And I am even more excited now to get the third film in this unexpected trilogy that we got with Maxine next year. Um, so yeah, Maya Goss' performance, just great once again. I will say Pearl was a little bit bumpier as far as the plot goes and 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 really the story, but I loved that this was truly a gory slasher flick. There are some moments in this where I 
loved because it was watching the typical slasher beats, but seeing it in a different way. There's a sequence where Maya Goth is just slow walking and somebody is running and letting her have that Michael Myers, that Jason Voorhees moment, that, that Leatherface moment of just slow walk while somebody is running and she catches up to them with the slow walk. I loved that moment. It was a it was a beautiful shot. It's why Ty West has has remained one of my favorite directors since I stumbled upon uh, his films years ago. I, I again like I have been a big fan of his. It was the Innkeepers. That was the one that I stumbled upon, and then eventually I I watched the House of the Devil, and then I went and I watched his. VHS, his part, uh, ABCs of Death. I watched because I knew he was a part of it. Your next, um, he was he was involved with creating your next as well. So he's somebody that I've kept an eye on uh, because he was a character in your next. So him being involved in that piqued my interest to your next, knowing that he was Tariq. So it was like, oh my God, hey, all right, I gotta I'm gonna go watch this. All right. <laughs> let's let's see this film. So yeah, I I again he crushed it for me. I am very excited for Maxine. Pearl is a must see. And yeah. Uh so I saw three films, all three of them fully recommend with the Fablemans, if it is playing in a theater near you, I know it has limited release, so well, it, you might have to travel to find it, depending on where you live. I was lucky enough that it was right down the road from me, but it wasn't playing at one of the other theaters near me, just to show you how limited it is. One theater around me was playing it. The other ones were not playing it. So the Fablemans, go check out. If you have Netflix, you want to check out Glass Onion, especially if you've seen Knives Out. It is just a sequel that holds up, I will say, in the conversation of which one do you like more. I'm sticking with Knives Out for now, but Glass Onion, it's not far behind. It is not far behind. And if you have not seen Pearl yet, and you're looking for a horror movie to watch before the end of the year, I give that one a big thumbs up as well. So thank you guys. Uh, and short episode this week. Again, there's not much going on. And I just want to thank you all as well as we wrap up 2022 for listening to this show, for subscribing to it, for rating and reviewing, and still being a fan of this goofiness and this thing that I bring once a week. And hopefully in 2023, I can bring you a bigger show. I know we're going to have the awesome con coverage uh, for once again, fingers crossed on that, and maybe some more cons. Who knows? Uh, But I am very happy to do this and be a part of this every week and be a part of the Throw Me Podcast Network. And if you haven't, Throw Me Podcast Network, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Give us a search, give us a follow, and welcoming as well in the new year uh, a bigger network. So find out what that means through our YouTube channel with a big New Year's special that's coming. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and give a like to that and a subscription to that channel, and you'll be able to stay up to date with all the videos that drop. And I'll even make this promise to you. In 2023, there will be more of me on the YouTube page for you. So we'll do some fun things over there on the YouTube. So that's Throw Me Podcast Network. Thanks, everybody. Till next week, or actually until next year, Happy New Year. Peace and love.